Ann Arbor, Michigan, for Manchester United Liverpool on Saturday. I'm thinking roof off, doors off, like go Dukes of Hazard style with my tarp off. Like, am, is it going to be too much wind? Am I going to be overwhelmed? Am You're I going to be the epitome of Jeep life? No like, kidding. You should put it up on Instagram, like hashtag Wheels Life, hashtag Jeep Life. Rolling with Wheeler. Rolling, okay, picture me rolling. I have a rolling. question for you. You're a Jeep owner now, yep, right? I am. What is with the Jeep? By the way, community? by the way, to our audience, this is Joe Narsa, the great Joe Narsa. Thank you for that. Continue. What is with the Jeep community feeling Waving. like they are this? whole connected group that all understand the way of living differently because they have a car that's shaped as a cube. I don't know, but I'll tell you what, I'm loving every minute of it. Oh, man. Like, my, my dealer, uh, Andy Sherman, go see him, uh, that Don Mills, uh, great guy. Hashtag free plug. <laughs> <laughs> I should have got a discount, but whatever, he's a great dude. Um, he told me when you're driving, people are going to wave at you. You got to give them that little, like, you got to come up with right. your own wave. So now I feel like I'm trying to wave at everyone. Like who I'm just has like, a Jeep? Hey, hey, oh. Only people that have Jeep. Sometimes I forget that I'm just like overly friendly to everyone. I'm just like, hey, you. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you're not driving a Jeep. Exactly. I'm, like, I'm waving too much, bro. Waving too much. Well, I, you and Guido, hopefully you guys meet up. You guys can wave as much as you want. I, I just want to know if, if I take, if I'm going 401 for three and a half hours. Whether it's going to be like way too much, there's a call. So they're going to come and tell us, tell me what should, what is the appropriate time and length to travel with the roof off, doors off on my Jeep. Uh, 416 870 1050. Let me spit that out again. 416 870 1050. There you go, Wheeler. Uh, 1-855-591-6876. Gareth Wheeler with you on vacation bound in 57 minutes. But between now and then, you can give me Jeep recos. You can give us summer song recos. But we're focusing on two items specifically uh, for right now. And that is, as the roster stands currently, heading into this new NHL season, Rank me one through three in the Atlantic Division. Lightning, Bruins, Maple Leafs, what order do you put them in? Whose roster is the best as currently composed? And also, the Raptors in the Eastern Conference. Bring it. Do the Raptors have the best roster right now in the Eastern Conference? If not, is it the Celtics? Is it the Sixers? Is it the Bucks? 416-870-1050, 416-870-1050, tool free at 1-855-591-6876. The poll questions are up at Wheeler TSN as well. Thank you for holding Chris from Toronto. The floor is yours. What's going on, buddy? Hey, how you doing, man? Good, dude. You? Good, good. Congrats on the vacation. Thanks. Like, honestly, I don't think I've ever taken more than a week off in my life, so I'm ready for this. I'm embracing it. Teacher's lifestyle. Play hard, brother. Exactly, dude. Uh, Where do you want to go on this? Uh, Just two cents on the Leafs. Um, I feel like we're above Boston now, but I think we're in that number two spot as far as the roster goes, as it stands right now, slightly behind Tampa. But that being said, I think in a playoff seven-game series, uh, we we could still take them. We're not we're not we're not out of it, right? Against that, but it's a playoff series. Okay, uh, but 
considering the Maple Leafs have $13 million in cap space right now, shouldn't you expect more than they can take it? Wouldn't you want to like solidify, cement that back end to give your team a better chance? Like I, I, I just feel, Chris, that there's still room for improvement on this roster. That they are going to improve. I mean, right now, today, on this phone call, that's where we stand. I think, though, like you look at the Tavares pickup, when they first started talking about him, you know, Leafs were just, oh, they'll make a pitch. But it wasn't a huge – we weren't the front runner. And then slowly we started creeping up that list of the front runner to actually get him and look at where we are now. Yeah, so I, I, don't, I don't know. Sorry, Chris. Are, Sorry, Chris. You know, I don't they're know. doing stuff. Yeah. I don't know if they weren't the front runner. And from the sounds of it, this is something that Tavares has always wanted. So the Maple Leafs were actually in the pole position based on the fact that Tavares was, was from here. So and 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 you got to know that the team was keeping that option open, heading into this off season. But it's like okay, you get Tavares, you're in, you are in win now mode. What do you do next? And, and I think the next move or moves is all important. Are they just going to show patience, bring the young defenseman through, or do you maybe take a little bit of a chance, swing big like they do in the NBA, and try to force the issue to a certain degree, understanding? that your core group of players is going to remain the same. 416-870-1050. Johnny from Toronto. What's happening, John? Uh, I agree with you about what you just said. I think what the Leafs are going to do, one, not let's do my one, two, three. I think it's going to be the Leafs are in first right now, in my opinion. Uh, Tampa second. And I would put the Panthers, actually, as the third. Ooh, I really ahead like of the, the Bruins. Of their team. Okay. I think the Bruins... Are you know Father Time's guys as good as they are are not going to catch up with them. Like interesting. I, like, sorry, John. I'm just going to cut you off. I'll, I'll bring you back in, John. But weren't you impressed with some of their young talent over the course of the playoffs? Like DeBrusque, Donato barely played, but he can play a bit. Heinen, McAvoy, like they got some good young talent on that team. I think they're really good. I'm not saying that they're not, but I like Florida because I look. They brought in even though he might be. A, they brought in Mike Hoffman. They've got they brought in a Russian defenseman that's pretty good. They've got their top three. They're not going to be injured this year as much. They've got they played really well at the end of the year last season. And you they got Borgstrom coming in. They've got their own young guys. Yep. Uh, Florida. That's fair. Um, the other thing is I 100% agree with your assessment that the Leafs will add. But I I know what they're waiting for in training camp. A lot of these teams are going to look at their team, and they're going to have some expiring contracts, and they're going to have guys that are five or six or even eight million dollars saying, either I want this player on my team or I don't want this player on my team, and that might be a one-year guy. And the Leafs can say, you know what, for one year, we'll take that guy. But the teams aren't going to trade that player until they know what they have. So the Leafs are just waiting. So it's an exercise in practicing patience right now, but you do think that they will make at least a notable move between now and the start of the year. Because it can only be a one-year player. Right. Because right? next year they have all these guys. So that those teams either are going to say, will you sign here or can we trade you to the Leafs? And Eric Johnson is a great example on Colorado, right? He's, I think he only has one more year left. And he would... Fit nicely into our scheme. 
Right, and that depends on where uh, the Colorado Avalanche plan on going. They were a playoff team last year. Are they willing to give up a player like that? I, I do think there's some jostling, some mixing things up, and I do think that you can take a level of risk in order to swing for the fences a little bit more now if you are the Maple Leafs. Thanks for the phone call, John. Really great insight there. Uh, great call from John. Uh, let's go to Fred in Toronto. Uh, hashtag Jeep Life. What's going on, pal? Not much. I have to say, top down, doors off. I'm good driving for about four hours with roof off, doors off. Absolutely. Okay. Back light. If you've got any of the... Uh straps to bolt down your luggage, you're good to go. Okay, simple as that. I'm going to enjoy it. It's going to be a nice trip. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I've got, I've got, I'm on my second Jeep. I wouldn't drive anything else. Right on. Those that don't uh, have one, as the sticker says, it's a Jeep thing you wouldn't understand. It's, it's totally fun. I've just never done that lengthy road trip yet, so I was a little bit... Uh, I, I've been on the fence about it, but I think you've convinced me, Fred. Thank you. Yeah, I've done I've done Ottawa and back. Uh, okay. I have the top ready to put on if you run into foul weather, but I've gone back in one day to and from, no problem. See, I don't have the soft top yet, so it's like I take off my roof at home and leave it there. I go roof or no roof. I got to make that decision tomorrow. So no reason. Yeah, I'm going to go no roof. Thanks, Fred. All right, Appreciate enjoy. that. Neil from Guelph, he also has some Jeep advice. What's going on, Neil? Hey, Wheels. Is yours a two door or a four door? Four door. Does that change the well, mindset? Is yours a two-door or a four-door? Mine's a four-door, Neil. Four. Can you hear me? Neil. Woo. Hello? Neil, can you hear me? Neil can't hear me. Try to link back up with Neil. I'm curious what the deal is between the difference between two doors and four doors. So, Neil, we'll hook back up with you in a second. Uh, do, we, do we want to go to Daniel in Toronto? Hey, JP, let's go to Daniel in Toronto, then we'll bring back on Neil next, okay? So tell Neil to call back in. We'll get Neil back on, but in the meantime, let's go to Daniel from Toronto, okay? Good. Daniel. Good morning. Gareth, oh. how are you? Good morning. Good, buddy. Uh, it's technically afternoon, but I won't hold you to it. Oh, that's right. It is afternoon. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I, I, I couldn't I, I, resist I, myself. I'm sorry. Gareth, I can only live vicariously through you a little bit because uh, I drive a Volvo, and there's usually three to four kids in it. So really? I, I, How yeah, many of them yeah. are yours? They're all mine, all four. You have four kids? Yeah, Can I buddy. ask you how old you are? Yeah, sure, I'm 43. Wow, dude, you are a better man than me. No, no, we're all human beings, Gareth. You have a small army there. I do. I One more and I could add a starting five. No, maybe that's the goal. Is is, is that what if, you guys if, are planning? If, if it was my wife's choice, that there would be more. Really? And yeah. you? Do you have any control uh, of this scenario? Well, I mean, we have two, our last two kids have a certain special need. Okay. Both of them. Yep. Um, so to have a fifth, I would have agreed, except uh, because of the challenges we have with them, it's very difficult. Sure. Sometimes. Well, yeah. dude, congratulations. That's awesome. The, your little own family unit. That's awesome. Uh, where do you want to go with this, Daniel? Uh, Eastern Conference NBA. Yeah, let's go. Top three. Um, F, all the players are healthy on these rosters then I think Boston would still be my number one. Okay. Um, if they can gel with their two superstars that were injured last year, Brian Hayward and Kyrie Irving. Yep. Then the Raps, and then Philadelphia. And I put Philadelphia third. My reasoning for them being third is because I love their young core, except I don't think that they still have enough veteran presence gotcha. to accelerate in the playoffs. Isn't that, cra- Raps, 
Isn't that crazy, Daniel, that like all three of these teams, it's it's kind of funny that I talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs in the Atlantic Division. In the NBA, the Atlantic Division used to be the Titanic Division. Now, all of a sudden, the Celtics and the Sixers turn themselves around along with the Raptors and arguably the three best teams in the Eastern Conference are all in the same division. In, in the NBA, but the only advantage that the Raptors have is they might not necessarily have to face one or both of them in the playoffs, whereas the Maple Leafs, based upon the ridiculous playoff format, conceivably have to go through one of or both of those teams. Um, yeah, I don't disagree. I think the playoff format in the NHL should be changed. Yep. Um, I think regarding the Atlantic, yeah, I mean, it took some time, but you knew sooner or later that these teams were going to draft well or you know, get free agents to come to them, especially a story franchise like Boston. Um, and uh, they have a great general manager, of course, Danny Ainge, who's done such a gr- such great work there by stockpiling prospects and picks. Uh, so they, you knew that at some point they were going to excel. And Philadelphia, the same thing. I mean, they used that tankless philosophy for such a long time that it brought them so many different pieces that they can work with. And now they're a desirable franchise that other players want to go to. Um, and I was telling your producer, I mean, and I told you, Gareth, I'm in love with the Kawhi trade. And I yep. think that, and you know what, Gareth, this is not a slight on, on you at whatsoever, but there are, I feel, some media personalities. And this is continually going, if you're reading Twitter um, or, or going on the Internet, that are making this trade out to be something still emotionally devastating for fans and for themselves even. Um, and that's what, that's what I'm gathering from the writing. And it's actually, I feel dismayed about it. Yeah, like, I, I think it's... And if, if, if you've heard my program, I'm taking that out of it completely. I think it's ridiculous, this emotional response. I mean, Daniel, I think about how emotional and how frustrated, emotionally negative people were coming out of that most recent playoff series. Being swept in three out of four years is not good enough. So forget about emotions. It's about getting better. And this Raptors trade for Kawhi Leonard has absolutely done that for this team. It's given them a chance where they didn't have one before. So yeah, I can I completely agree with you, Gareth. You know, we have one of the one of the best players, maybe the second player best player that's ever been on this team, because uh, I put Vince always my number one, um, and I, I just think that it's you know people have to get excited about it. And I also think that there's some ignorance, like people not knowing who Kawhi Leonard is and how he played. Sure, I, I think that plays into the conversation as well. You know, people don't realize that he was. You know, a two-time defensive player of the year, and he can play both sides of the court. And at those positions, we've that's always been a liability for us, wing defenders. And that's and if you hear callers call in, they they've talked about it over the years. Wing defenders, we need more perimeter defense. You know, someone who can stop the penetration and cover the three off a of pick and roll. And now the it's like people have forgotten about this, right? About our deficiency. Uh, Daniel, so not- I got I got I got to let you go. Great call, by the way. Great perspective. Thanks for the kind words. That was Daniel from Toronto. Good stuff. I got Neil back on the line. You were asking me, Neil, Neil from Guelph, uh, whether I had a two door Jeep or a four door Jeep. I have a four door Jeep. Does that matter? Oh. Well, no, I mean, uh, you're going to be a lot more stable. You're wider on the road. Okay. Uh, but the key thing is, um, have you been to Just Jeeps in uh, in North York? No, no, I've never okay. even heard of it. You need to go to Just Jeeps because what they'll do is they'll outfit you with the tube doors and the cargo netting, which will protect you from the rocks, the stones, and everything that's going to be flying up on that 401, especially when you hit Chad when it's wide open. So, I, I sorry, see? I need tube doors? Well, I don't even know what that is. You got to look it up. You got to Google it. They're tube doors. They're aftermarket doors. You have, or you have just the tube itself. Okay. Okay. Now, if you do go completely doors off, do you have side mirrors? Do I have what? 
Do you have side mirrors? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's okay. side mirrors. Okay, the side mirrors on the four door doors actually come off. You have to get extra. Well, you have to get a, a separate mirror for the side uh, mirror if you're going to take the doors right off because it's against. The, you can get a fine for it. So I'm saving you. Okay. You okay. Need to get the side mirrors. So Absolutely. I need to, I need to get some accessories before I go on this road trip if I'm going to do it that way. Go to my friends at Just Jeeps. They'll hook you up. All right. Thanks, Neil. Great call. Thank you. Neil from Guelph giving me some staunch advice. Just Jeeps. I'm writing this. North York. Okay. Because, dude, I'm leaving tomorrow. I got to do this stat. Where are we going next? Frank in Ottawa? Let's go to our nation's capital. Franco, what's happening? What's happening, Wheels? How are you? I'm good. You? Good, good. Um, Sorry about the pasting last night, TFC and the Ottawa Fury. Sorry about that, bro. Oh, no. I was born and raised in Toronto, so... Okay. All right. All all good. Go ahead. Um, Just want to talk about the Leafs. Yep. Um, I think, yeah, they should upgrade the defense if possible, but I think another ingredient they're missing is sandpaper. When they went up against Boston, it looked like Boston was manhandling them during the playoff run last year. There's still some... Unrestricted or still unrestricted free agents available, probably at a low cost. And Anthony Stewart, Kevin Bieksa, something along those lines. And if you look at what when they spent Pelly, they got a bargain out of that. Something like that might be good as well. Sorry, you just cut. Sorry, sorry, Frank, you just cut out. What name did you just drop? Sorry, I didn't hear what you said. Anthony Stewart and uh, Kevin Bieksa. Kevin, B- see, I'm, I'm, I want a exit type player, but a guy that can still move a little bit, right? Like, in theory, a exit type guy would work. What you want is a younger, a little bit more mobile Roman Polak. That's what I'm looking at. Like, look, I'm not looking for some guy that, that skates around like the wind, that can do a whole lot offensively. I don't think the Maple Leafs need that right now. They need someone that can go out and protect their goaltender a little bit more and provide a little bit more stability in those physical grind out style game. So that's what I'm looking for, Frank. I agree 100%. I mean, um, if anything, a little bit of tweaking there with some sandpaper, like I was saying. Anthony Stewart as a forward, too, might be a possibility to develop into what Washington got with the Devontae Smith-Pelly. We never know, but in a low one-year contract at the minimum, it won't hurt. Interesting. Uh, he could be a player that could be on a PTO. We'll, we'll see. Not a bad name to throw out there, Frank. Thank you for the phone call. Uh, I'll take one more call for now, but in the meantime, you can hit me up at Wheeler TSN and the text is 10-50-50. let us go down to St. Kitts. Devin, what's happening in St. Catharines today? Oh, not a whole lot. It's, it's pretty hot down here, actually. How's it going for are you, you? Are you crushing? What is it? Port yeah, yeah, Port Toulouse is uh, out this Good way. times. I've spent some time with the ports and wine country. Big fan of St. Catharines, Devin. Uh, where do you want to go with this? I want to kind of talk about the uh, the Leafs and where they're kind of pegged at in the Atlantic right now. Okay. Uh, so right now, I think on paper, and I just based on recent success, I'd have the, the Lightning at the top of that division, but a close second would be Toronto. I think with the Tavares acquisition, they just got a plethora of, of weapons on offense, especially in that top three. And, uh, you know, Boston, you know, they, they did beat Toronto in seven games, but I think now with, with the team that we have, we could easily handle them, especially with uh, a full lineup and a non-suspended Nazem Kadri in a seven-game series. So okay. I think it's, it's pretty close, but, uh, you know, I think Toronto could easily handle the Lightning in a, in a playoff matchup as well. Really? You don't think that they need to adjust? They need to add anywhere, Devin? You're cool with the team as is? 
Uh, you know, there's always room for improvements, especially on the back end. You know, you've got Morgo and then, you know, Gardner's a, a good defenseman, and obviously everyone just thinks of Game 7 and uses that against him. But, well, uh, I think I think of the last seven years, quite frankly, Devin, and they used that against him. You know, that that is fair. That is fair. <laughs> um, I think uh, Game 7 was uh, a good indication a of, of how it can get pretty bad for him. Yep. But, um, you know... There are still some guys out in the market that could make the defenses for you know a little bit better, and you know that that would always be great. I think to your point about the younger guy who's going to be protecting Anderson. I mean that's what we need. We need guys to kind of block out the guys in front of the net and you know limit the shots that Anderson's facing on a nightly basis. Right, just just provide a little bit more balance. I'm not speaking about you know reinventing the wheel here. I'm just saying like just some dudes when the going gets tough that you can lean upon, rely upon for some defensive wherewithal. That's what I'm looking for. Thanks for that, Devin. Appreciate it. Uh, we'll continue the Leafs talk. Uh, we'll get an update from Glen Abbey. Looks like the storm clouds are starting to brew. Uh, we'll get an update from Adam Scully between now and the top of the clock. And I want to focus more in on that Raptors conversation and add another layer as well. Are the Raptors the best team on paper in the Eastern Conference? And when all is said and done, how will we remember? What will be the first thing that comes to mind when it comes to Vince Carter? Akil Augustine, my good buddy, NBA TV uh, court surfing, the hangout, uh, part of the Raptors 905 broadcast with myself as well. Akil's going to check into the program next to weigh in on those topics. Uh, Gareth Wheeler, I am 39 minutes away from vacation. Let's do this, Toronto. This is Toronto Today, TSN 1050. Wheeler with you at Wheeler TSN. Um, I've dealt a lot with the Maple Leafs and their standing in the Atlantic Division. Uh, it's been all good. It's 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 been all good. I want to switch gears and go over to hoops because there's, there's a couple things percolating because I want to do the same exercise with the Toronto Raptors. We got some of it on the phone lines today, but I want to dig a little bit deeper. Um, which team on paper as of right now is the best roster in the NBA's Eastern Conference heading into the new season? It's where we stand right now. That poll question's up at Wheeler TSN at TSN 1050 Radio right now. The Boston Celtics. Garnering 50% of the vote. 50%. Think the Celtics. 45% say your Toronto Raptors. 4% the Sixers. 1% with the Greek Freak. And the Milwaukee Bucks. Continue to cast your vote at Wheeler TSN. Uh, the Woj, Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, reported last night that Vince Carter is going to play a 21st season in the NBA. Taking his talents to where? Atlanta. No, not for a chance to win a title. None of that noise. He's going to a hot Atlanta. Why? Potentially to be close to the guys on TNT. Jockeying position for a television job, maybe. They say so we can work with young players. Oh, yeah, because it worked so well with the Sacramento Kings last year. Please. A full question. What will be the first thing that you think about Vince Carter... When looking back on his playing career, what will be the first thing that you think about Vince Carter when looking back on his playing career? Because it's been said, wow, like this guy's an Iron Man. He's played 20 something years in the NBA. Is that what people are going to remember him for? So I gave you some options here. Will it be the dunks? The fact that he quit on the Raptors? Um, him wincing, Vince, the Vince wince. Wincing around, injured on the floor. Remember, we always lie there, he'd like stub his toe. Oh, you pull like a Neymar. He was Neymar before Neymar even existed. 
Or is it the fact that he's played or is going to play at least 21 years in the NBA? The length of career. Uh, at Wheeler TSN, the text is 10-50-50 on that. What are you going to remember most about Vince Carter when he's when you look back on his playing career? I'm going to remember that this screams out to me, and we did some digging, thanks to Martin, thanks for everyone in our archives department, to bring up this gem of a moment right here. I don't want to dunk anymore. It's overrated, man. Dunking's overrated. Would you agree? I don't want to dunk anymore. Dunking is overrated. And then he stopped dunking. Quitting on the Raptors, honestly. Vince went from, like, my favorite Toronto athlete, like, ever, to probably my least favorite Raptors player or Toronto athlete, like, ever. Just like that. A comment, quitting. Just, it sucked the way that that played out. Uh, let's talk NBA Eastern Conference. Let's talk a little bit of Vince Carter with my good buddy. It's Akil Augustine. NBA TV Canada court surfing, the hangout. He's everywhere. He's even sidelines now for Argos games. Uh, crushing it for Raptors 905 as well. And Akil joins me on the line at Akil Augustine. What's going on, buddy? Buttons. How you doing, Buttons? Not bad, Wordy. <laughs> Good to hear your voice as usual. Uh, what do you make of the Eastern Conference right now in the NBA? Who would you say the roster right now, if you're going to do your Akil Augustine power rankings... Who's got the best roster on paper right now in the Eastern Conference? Well, on paper, it's the Boston Celtics, just based on what they've done. They're the only team in the conference who went to the conference final remaining with the Cavs falling out with no LeBron James. So I give the Boston Celtics the leg up. But it's weird because Boston's got issues of their own. They're not sure what their relationship is with Kyrie Irving. And so that kind of semi-clouds the future. Everyone knows they have a stockpile of young talent. And the weird thing is, they're also like a player in a lot of top for other great players. Like Anthony Davis has been a potential player that they've been circling around. So you've got to give the leg up to them, both what they have on paper and what the potentiality for what they can do moving forward. Do you know what's, do you know what's funny with that, though, Akil? Like, I, I know that some people say, well, is Kawhi Leonard going to be full strength? Like, is he going to be fully fit? Well, aren't you going to have those same questions both about Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving? Like, Absolutely. how physical, physically ready both those players will be? Absolutely, but, but, but the kicker for them is they went to the conference finals without those guys anyway. So everybody who was there is taking a step forward. They got Marcus Smart back to lock down and give them some leadership. Tatum Brown, they've all developed a year further. And those two guys, the ceiling on them is way higher than we originally thought. So maybe you don't even need as much from Hayward and, and, and Kyrie. So I, for, that, for them, they've just got so many options, so many ways this thing could work out that I think they've got to be the top dog. It's funny, sorry, 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 Akil. It's funny, though, for whatever reason, that Raptors team last year, I think they matched up well against the Celtics. I think they could have done a decent job against him in that series, as much as I like Brown and Tatum and others. So sometimes when it comes down to matchups, and you just got to think now with Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green, like whether the Raptors actually kind of have a little bit more balance and a group that maybe actually be better on paper than that Celtics team. Yeah, and, and the thing that plays in there is mental toughness. I think that the Toronto Raptors weren't as mentally tough as the Boston Celtics team. Every one of these guys had a chip on their shoulder, and they looked like they were engaged every moment. You talk about the regular season matchups between the Raptors and the Boston Celtics last year, and the Raptors were scared even then because this Boston Celtics team didn't seem to know quit. So I give Boston number one, and then I go, I got to go to the tie for um, second place in my power range. These are conference between the Raptors and the Sixers. Interesting. Here's the thing with the Sixers. Um, they're mentally nowhere right now. Uh, there's just so many question marks in terms of 
you know, Ben Simmons doesn't trust his jump shot. Uh, Markel Fultz doesn't trust his game, and he's got to build that, that, that reputation and that consistency up. And then Joel Embiid, I mean, he's a great player, uh, but he still has issues with injuries. Um, he has issues with staying focused and sticking with the game plan. He had some, some mental floods late last year in the playoffs. And then you got to look at the Raptors and say, well, we don't know how healthy Kawhi Leonard is. So you could be the best team in the conference, but until we see it on the floor with Kawhi's legs, we don't know. But the thing that's going to be different is you add Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green, and that's a certain amount of mental toughness that you import from a San Antonio Spurs squad who has no shortage of it. And maybe what those two guys bring into the locker room and bring out to the court in the fourth quarter, uh, that permeates the other guys and the young guys at the Raptors, and that allows them to become more than they were under Dwayne Casey along with Mark Rosen. Okay, Akil, if the Raptors go out and make another move, and I'm not exactly sure what that move would be, maybe it's solidifying, um, figuring out a little bit more clearly what that front court's going to look like, or maybe it's bringing in another two, three. If the Raptors are able to make another move, you think that they have the potential of leapfrogging the Celtics and in, in the Sixers, really, and being the standout team from a roster perspective in the East? I mean, yeah, if, if it's the right move, they can definitely do that. The question is, what are your movable pieces right now that will bring in that player? I mean, you've got a $20 million contract for Serge Ibaka, so financially you can bring in this player. Who's going to give you that guy when what they're getting in return is two years of, of uh, underachieving Serge Ibaka? Because that's what we've seen so far in Toronto. Same goes for Kyle. you got a $30 million guy, so you could probably trade for a $30 million guy. But does anybody want to bank on a over-30 point guard whose intensity has kind of waned over the years? Well, not over the years, but since, you know, Right. He marked his reputation. Uh, so, um, I mean, they could. I don't see that move being available. But, again, Masai Ujiri has done things that people did not see on the horizon. So, you know, to doubt him would be foolish. But I think this is going to be one of the tougher ones. And I don't, I'm not sitting here waiting for another domino to drop. I, I brought this up earlier in the hour as Akil Augustine joining us here on Toronto Today. I'm Wheels. Uh, that the fact that, remember the Atlantic Division was just a joke and the Raptors were just running it? Now, arguably, the three best teams in the conference all reside in that same division. Yeah, it used to be called the Titanic Division. <laughs> yeah, and for legit horrible. reasons, too. Yeah, and, um, you know, the Knicks haven't really done their part. Although, they're better than they have been, I guess you could say that. Like, it's a step up from Isaiah Thomas, Steve Francis, Stephon Marbury, Jamal Crawford, <laughs> and Nate Robinson. Yeah. But uh, the division is definitely a lot better. You look at the three top teams in the conference or in the division. So, it's a powerhouse. It's like uh, the Southwest, right, back in the day when you had all those good teams in the Southwest. So, now, I'm, I'm happy to be part of a great conference where you're going to get so many games that matter now in the regular season. Every Western Conference game is going to matter because every team in the West is good. But then, every divisional game is going to matter. And what I like about it too, Akil, is like every team has question marks, but the ability to be better than what they actually are on paper. That's why I find it an intriguing question, just looking at these groups and the makeup of them right now, and how the Sixers, the Celtics, and I even put the Bucks in that category, because as much as we want to say that Kawhi Leonard will be the best player in the Eastern Conference, well, the Greek freak will have something to say about that, and that's a decent team that if they continue to develop and come together under a new head coach, then maybe they can be part of the equation as well. Yeah, Giannis is the one guy that has the potential to be a LeBron James in this conference. I think Kawhi um, is, is, is definitely a great player and a top-five player in this league. But I think we've seen like what Kawhi is, 
Whereas I don't think anyone knows what the end product of a Giannis Antetokounmpo could be in this league. He's still on the right side of 25. He's still rather green when it comes to basketball IQ. Um, he's so much further along instinctually than most players with his physical gifts and, and skill sets. And if he ever develops a jumper, he's going to become next to impossible to guard because you have to respect the fact that he can take one step from the three-point line and be at the cup. No kidding. Um, <laughs> Akil, there's a couple other topics I want to I, I want to deal with you before I let you go. Did you, I'm not sure if you heard this clip, but on the Dan Levitard show, was that this morning, JP, or yesterday? This morning? Um, Levitard was throwing some serious shade on ESPN Radio, the way of DeMar DeRozan. Check this out, claiming that DeMar DeRozan, not even in the top ten of Raptors players in franchise history. Have a listen to this, okay? Oh, JP just got to put that up. I don't even think he's a top five player in Toronto Raptors history. In fact, I don't even think he's top ten. You got to throw in Elijah on there. You got to throw in Chris Bosh. You got to throw in Mo Pete. Uh, you got to throw in Kyle Lowry. And a lot of guys there, so I'm with you on this one. I mean, this guy who's complaining about being traded away from Toronto because he gave everything he had for Toronto and everything he had was 0% from three against the Cavs, this guy's not even a top ten player in franchise history, and the franchise is relatively new, and and this guy is complaining about being traded away from Toronto. He's a joke, DeRozan. Oh, see, see like I'm, I'm, a, I think that Demar's. I asked Dave Fezchuk earlier if his tears are going to dry up before they hit the ground in Las Vegas. I think it's been a little bit overboard, but I think that that's going the complete other way, Akil. Like, there's no way for me that we don't consider Demar in the top two players in Raptors history. Has he ever, has Dan Levitan ever watched the Raptors? That's my main question. Like, has he ever, because I mean, it's, it's been tough going here in Toronto at the beginning of the years when you talk about Zan Tabak and Carlos Rogers led teams. So if he thinks there's nine other guys that can bump DeMar DeRozan out of being a top 10 Raptor all time, it's absolutely insane. And for him to use as one of his defenses, the name Akeem Olajuwon, a man who had a Hall of Fame career, quite possibly one of the greatest basketball players ever played the game, while wearing a Houston Rockets jersey, he was absolutely incapable of running 94 feet during his tenure with the Toronto Raptors. So for you to put him in the top 10 of Toronto Raptors. All That's why I was like, is, is he looking like an entire body of work? Like, where is he coming from with that? I, I, I think that sometimes people just go overboard and just start saying things, and then they get caught up in it, then they get lost in translation. ESPN, baby. Yeah, some of these guys are going insane. Um, I'm going to talk some. I'm going to spit some real talk though on Vince Carter coming back for a 21st season in the NBA, joining the Atlanta Hawks. Like, if he's going to mentor young kids, didn't he see that it didn't quite work out in Sacramento? I I, I really don't get the move. But, Why did the checks bounce? Well, I don't. Well, he didn't help the young players get any better in Sacramento, did he? But how is RRSP? This this whole mentorship mode. Like if I'm Vince, I want to win a title because other than a dunk contest, he's won Jack Squad in the NBA. And I just wonder how you're going to remember Vince Carter when all said and done. Are you going to remember him as like this Iron Man that went on played 21 years or whatever? Are you going to remember Vince kind of quitting on the raps? Are you going to remember his great dunks? Like what is it about Vince Carter that you're going to remember above anything else? All of it. One of the most polarizing all-time great NBA talents. I don't think there's been a player as good as as him, has been hated as much, save for Kevin Durant and Kobe Bryant. 
Um, he's just one of those guys. He had he had it all. You talk about a generation, uh, a down period in NBA basketball where the stars were Kobe, Tracy, uh, Vince, Steve Francis. Yeah, I mean, it may not have been the best era of, of NBA basketball, but we certainly saw how good Vince was and how much talent he had. And I think we're all disappointed by how it played out. Vince isn't one of those guys, the street ball legend that never made the league and fell due to you know drug abuse or violence. He isn't one of those guys that was forced out of the league. He isn't one of those guys. Like He's just such a strange story because a lot of his problems were self-created. The situation in Toronto was yes. self-created. A lot of the bad publicity was self-created. And, and, and then some of his odd decisions towards the end of his career to choose situations that you would really question. So I think you have to remember it all with Vince. You have to remember the fact that we wouldn't be talking basketball in the middle of the day on you know drive time radio in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. We would not have had the privilege to talk about DeMar DeRozan and any of these guys on the radio right now if Vince didn't first. Ah, see, I don't think so. We, we, we've been talking about it. This basketball community has been bubbling. He just gave it a shot in the arm. That That's what he did. Uh, I, ah, I still think we would have ended at this point. You're part. You're part of the. You're part of the community, dude. You're I, am, all I remember. Over it. I remember how proud the city was. I remember how dope it was when Vince came on the scene. So I'm. I'm, I'm always gonna. Gonna kind of give him the benefit of the doubt in that. And that essence, because he made it hot to be from Toronto, man. Right. And, and 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 for me personally, for me. He's the guy that introduced bottle service into Toronto nightclubs. <laughs> That's a good claim to fame right there. Let's end on this really quickly. Would you have liked to see Vince back in a Raptors jersey this year instead of an Atlanta Hawks kit? Hell yeah. I think it's I, I really? don't know what he's doing. Absolutely. I think listen, man, the story had to I think for me it needed to come full circle, man. I needed it needed to to, 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 to to just have a nice conclusion. So when we do the thirty for thirty there's that nice little moment at the end that they wrap it all up in, and we can just all move on and just walk into the, the mist hand-in-hand hand knowing that Toronto blew up under Vince. But, you know, unfortunately, he'll be in an empty stadium, Yes, really y- bad young team, and um, they can lose a lot of games. He is now Trey Young's friendly uncle. That's how he's going to go out. Um, thanks for this, Akil. Let's hang out soon. I'm on vacation as of, like, uh, 50 minutes from now, dude. So we'll hang out soon, okay? Yes, buttons. Right on, buddy. Thank you for doing this. Great as always. My good buddy, Akil Augustine, at Akil Augustine, NBA TV Canada, the hangout, court surfing. Akil does it all and bringing it right here on this station as well. An update from the RBC Canadian Open next. And I should remind you that Lease Busters will get you out of your car lease today. It's easy as pie or even better, a piece of cake. Avoid penalties and early termination fees. Visit leasebusters.com. More from Toronto Today. We'll put a wrap on our poll questions and I'll put a wrap on my work schedule for the summer. Gareth Wheeler with you, Toronto Today, TSN 1050. Scotty Mack will bring it, as will Brian Hayes on Overdrive, coming your way a little bit later today. And both of them will be keeping their eye on the proceedings, what's going on at the RBC Canadian Open. And as much as we're looking at the leaderboard, we should be looking at the sky as well. Looks like storm clouds moving in. Let's go back down to Glen Abbey in Oakville for a live update. Here is Adam Scully from Golf Talk Canada. How are the skies looking right now, Adam? 
Uh, Gareth, yeah, I was just going to say it is getting dark and fast. The winds are certainly picking up. Not to sound like a weatherman, but it does look <laughs> like storms are coming uh, in the area. Uh, looks like maybe in the next uh, hour or two. So uh, hopefully uh, play isn't delayed too, too much, but it certainly is getting very dark so and very fast. It was probably advantageous to get out there early, and Robert Garrigus really took full advantage, didn't he? Oh, did he ever. A 9-under 63. One shot almost as bad as good as he did last year in the third round when he shot 62. He's 131st in the FedEx Cup uh, standings right now, so this is a huge week for him to make a big push. He also said after his round that the 59 watch was in play, so he was wow. certainly striking it very nicely. And He's one of the longer hitters on tour and a, a very streaky hitter as well, so expect him to be up uh, in the leaderboard uh, tomorrow as well. One other guy uh, we just spoke to of was uh, Canadian David Hearn, shot 4-under. Uh, he was very happy with the way he hit it. Uh, left some putts out there. That uh, was was overall very pleased uh, with his round. Who else is jumping off the page in terms of the leaderboard? Who's making an impression here in the early stages of round one? Well, it, it's hard not to ignore Dustin Johnson, the world number one. He's four under at last check with two chip ins today. He had a pretty shaky front nine. He started on on the back nine, so on his on his front nine with a couple bogeys and an eagle and a couple birdies. He's four under right now. A couple chip ins, as I said, Matt Kuchar. Uh, three under with a bit of a fiasco with uh, some butterflies, but again, huge cut. Uh, Ian Poulter, uh, five under. Uh, he's won this year and very likely going to be in the Ryder Cup as well. And uh, Adam Hadwin, Bubba Watson, two under par right now. So, with, with both those players at two under par, Bubba and Hadwin are two players that people are going to be looking out for here, as is Matt Kuchar as well. Um, Adam, who are you going to be looking out Or Is there a number where they're going to want to be at by the end of today where they're going to be reasonably happy about where they sit in relation to where these, some of these other low scores are going? Well, it certainly depends on the weather and, and how long the delay is because uh, assuming it does rain, that's certainly going to soften up the golf course so the guys will be off the golf course and it's going to be nice and soft and, and uh, almost like a, like a shootout sort of thing. So the green's going to play nice and soft and very easy to score. So I, I think if you can post anywhere between, say, four and five and maybe three under at the worst, uh, you're definitely uh, still in the thing. But as they say, you can't. Win a tournament on Thursday, but you can certainly lose one on a PGA Tour on Thursday. At Adam mm-hmm. underscore Skelly is going to be down there at Glen Abbey. Stay dry, Adam. Thank you for this. I'll do my best, man. Thanks. It's the RBC Canadian Open early round coverage on Canada Sports Leader TSN. It's Garrigus at 9-under. He's in the clubhouse, as is Ben Crane. He's at 6-under par. With Stroud and Bragoon, they're still on the course, both at 6-under par as well. Shout out to Ian Poulter, 5-under. He's on his 18th hole of the day. The Golf Insider and the Golf Report is brought to you by Subaru. Summer nights are made for Subaru with lease rates from 0.5% at your local Ontario Subaru dealer. Subaru Confidence in Motion. Uh, Gareth Wheeler with you. About to roll into my summer vacation. Thanks, by the way, for all the kind words. Like The phone lines have been lit up in recent days. A lot of people with uh, very much so appreciated comments about our World Cup coverage. Myself, Joe Narsa, Steve Eliopoulos, a big crew of us, uh, worked our you-know-what's off over the course of the last month uh, in the build-up to and during the World Cup. So really appreciate your comments on that. I I love doing these shows during the day, during the summer months. I hope that you love the engagement as well. It's kind of what I'm all about. And whenever I'm on the air, you really make the show, and I just kind of steer the wheel, but take it wherever you want to go. So it's a pleasure as always. I'm off to Ann Arbor, Michigan this weekend. I'm about to watch Manchester United-Liverpool at the Big House 
It should be a ton of fun. Um, it sits 115,000 people. I Last time I was down there for United Real Madrid, I believe there were 112,000 people in attendance. So we'll see how many are down this weekend. The attendance for this Intercontinental Cup, where it's all these European teams doing their preseason tour. Uh, tickets have been a little bit expensive, so... Uh, ticket sales have been down to a certain degree, but it's going to be a blast tailgating and getting out there and supporting United over the course of the weekend. Um, also, what this does, this tour does across North America with games being played across uh, the United States, it gives people that haven't necessarily been exposed to the game a chance to go out there and watch. And one of those individuals last night was Neil Patrick Harris, Doogie Hauser, right? Like, he's on that, what is it, uh, How I Met Your Mother? I know Joe Nurse is a big fan of that show. I think we talked about this. I've never seen it, but apparently it's widely popular. You're a big Doogie Hauser guy, aren't you? It's a good show, I will say, but I it's not one of the best sitcoms I've ever seen, and I'm kind of like... 50-50 on NPH's character because I okay. think Barney Stinson's a little too cheese for me. Like is he that doesn't his exist. Name on the show? Yeah, and he's like in a suit everywhere, and it's like a little cheesy, and he has like all these like one-liners. He seems like a very written character, but, I, but it's a pretty good. I, show. I like the dude. Like Neil Patrick Harris is a legit presenter. Like he's funny, he's witty, he's usually on it, with the exception of last night. Neil Patrick Harris, and I guess it's his son. He's he's on Instagram. He's on like uh, an Insta, doing an Insta story from the Manchester City Liverpool game, and someone's clearly kitted it up, kitted him up. He's wearing all baby blue, and on his Insta story, this is what NPH had to say: Life Stadium for our first football slash soccer game. MetLife Stadium, go Manchester United! Whoops! He's wearing the baby blue. On Manchester City and drops a let's go Manchester United. Uh, not a great look. <laughs> no Man City is not Manchester United. And he says that in a stadium where the two clubs that hate Manchester United the most are both playing one, one another in Liverpool and Man City. Uh, thanks for that, Neil Patrick Harris. Um, the game welcomes you, but you got some work to do. Poll question today, which team has the best roster as of right now in the NHL's Atlantic Division? 51% saying the Tampa Bay Lightning, 46% saying the Toronto Maple Leafs. So close, but the Lightning gets the nod. Which team as of right now the best roster in the NBA's Eastern Conference? 51% saying the Celtics, 45% saying the Raptors. And what will be the first thing that you remember when it comes to Vince Carter's playing career? 56% saying is incredible dunks. I want to thank Scott Ferguson, Fitzy, Joe Narsa, JP Ricciuto. I am Gareth Wheeler, and I'm on summer vacation, baby. This is TSN 1050.